Hello, thank you for joining me. This is Ernestine Lyons, host of Quick to Politic, the podcast, the social commentary show that explores topics ranging from social justice to history, economics, small business, and of course, local and national politics. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Quick to Politic. Um, I'm Ernestine Lyons, the host of Quick to Politic, the podcast and uh, web series. So we are talking today with some organizations that are all about helping Michiganders um, through, you know, challenges and tough times. And so with me today are Mary Jo Harris of CARE of Southeast Michigan. Um, and so Care of Southeast Michigan provides professional and emotional support services to those seeking to change their lives. And uh, these are prime, these are the primary focuses on, they're focusing on substance abuse, prevention and recovery, harm reduction, and um, other mental health challenges and personal and workplace issues. Um, and then I'm also being joined here today um, by, okay, and I wanna make sure it's, uh, Tanitra Burns, and she is with Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network. And um, Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network is a compassionate and committed, um, it's compassionate and they're committed to the uh, 75,000 children and adults that live in the Metro Detroit and Wayne uh, County area. Um, they understand the immense responsibility and have been they're prepared to go above and beyond uh, supporting the people and they are a system of care. And so thank you so much, ladies. Um, can, so uh, we're also gonna have someone else from Detroit Wayne Integrated um, Health Network joining us later. Um, so she's just gonna jump right in here, but do you mind telling us a little bit about yourselves and your roles um, you know, and uh, just the work that you do? We'll start with Mary Jo. Thank you so much for having us, Ernestine. It's so important for the community to know the resources that we have out there um, that are available to them and that, that are free to them also. So I work for Care of Southeastern Michigan, as you said. I uh, co-manage a coalition called Healthy Growth Point in Harper Woods. Um, the mission of our um, coalition is to just... Um, prevent uh, substance abuse within our community and to provide mental health resources within the community. My funding is from Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network um, and, and I work for CARE. Um, the coalition meets monthly. We meet the third Wednesday of every month. Right now we're doing it via Zoom. Um, and we have community members from uh, Gross Point and Harper Woods. We have school, um, uh, employees, we have city council people, and we come together to talk about how we can help community members overcome substance use disorders, how we can prevent people from getting substance use disorders, and how we can make sure that our community knows the mental health resources that we have out there. 
thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction. And, you know, um, you know, the Healthy Girls Point and Harper Woods uh, group has been amazing. And I've enjoyed working with, you know, you and Susie and understanding like what programs are there. And um, there was even an intern who came and, you know, she was talking with us about ways to make sure that, you know, people are staying healthy, staying fit and, you know, just providing that support. So thank you for joining us. Um, and so, Tanitra, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your role with Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Networks? Good evening, and, and thank you for the invitation. Um, we're delighted, DeWin is delighted to be a part of this podcast this evening. My name is Tanitra Burns, and I do work with Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network as a clinical specialist. And as part of uh, DeWin Services, we have an array of services for the community, which means that we have an array of departments. And the department that I work in is clinical practice improvement. And so we are charged in that department to provide uh, workforce development training for the clinicians that are working within our provided network. We also oversee in my department, we also oversee many initiatives such as um, similar to, because we don't oversee uh, the initiative that Mary Jo is involved with, but we do provide uh, oversight and initiatives related to trauma-informed care, related to suicide prevention, related to uh, mental health jail diversion programs, just to name a few. And so with that, we we provide direct oversight as we work very closely with our community on how to engage and improve services for those individuals that may have trauma or may be in need of trauma-informed care services, that may be involved with um, some type of law enforcement contact, whether it be police, throughout Detroit and Wayne County and our Wayne County jails. So that's so just a about you know what we do. Thank you, thank you so much. And as I was reading through your bio, I did see that trauma-informed care. Do you, do you mind explaining a little bit about what that means and what the, what the definition of that is? Yes, so I think about five years ago, Detroit Wayne um, Integrated Health Network along with the state of Michigan began to uh, research how some individuals that are diagnosed with behavioral health concerns also have had some or been exposed to some trauma. And with that, we learned that as a child, we, we looked at um, the exposure from zero to 18 years of age. If individuals are honest about what occurred at that time. And what we learned is that it does impact um, their behavioral health could be a contributing factor um, if the trauma was not dealt with, you know, before the age of 18 or when they had turned over the age of 18. So what we did, um, monies was put in our budget so that it eight, I believe we have eight providers partnering with us to identify the needs of those individuals. So what that means is that we provide specific trauma-informed interventions, such as the ACEs, 
which is adverse childhood experiences that captures the exposure from zero to 18 years of age. And if individuals are truthful, because it is a self-report, if they are truthful, then those eight partnering agencies will identify the best practice related to their trauma history. So we believe that anyone that comes through DWIN's doors, through the provider doors, may have been exposed to some type of trauma before the age of 18. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you for shedding light on that. So, so in other words, you're you're really helping to heal the person from you know any past baggage that they may have, and you know that might inform the way that people respond to you know just yeah. just life in general. So that's that's wonderful to know that a service like that is out there. But um, you know, I want to jump right into one of our first questions, and this can be something for you know both of you ladies. Um, Seasonal depression around the holidays statistically is always high. You know, people are more isolated as far as, you know, with the coronavirus goes and COVID really has compounded things. Um, so how can organize, organizations like CARE and DWIN, um, I'm going to start calling it DWIN now too. I was like saying That's the whole right. title out, like, <laughs> how can you guys help? <laughs> so yes, you are proud of that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But how do you guys provide help for specifically this time of year when people are depressed and then you also have COVID making us all have to separate and, you know, just how do we how do we get help around depression and people being sad and isolated? Yeah, so you want uh, Mary Jo to start first or? Sure, sure. We can start there and then jump back to you. Okay. Oh, you're right, um, Ernestine. It's sad is, is difficult. Seasonal affective disorders is difficult enough without COVID and then you have COVID in there and the irritability, um, you're lethargic, you're tired, things that you like to do, you don't wanna do anymore. Um, so one of the things that the coalition is doing is really trying to get people outside to exercise because that is so important, getting fresh air, um, getting up from out of out of your chair doing, you know, we're, we're doing Zoom meetings all day, we're sitting there all day. So getting people up and outside, one of the programs that we're really starting to push starting January 1st is called 1000 Outside Hours. Um, and we have it on our website, we'll have it on our Facebook, just trying to get people out there. It sounds like a lot of hours, spending a thousand hours in a year outside. But if you break it down and you think many of those hours are spent in the summer anyways outside, but just really um, focusing on spending at least an hour outside, doing some exercise, getting some, some um, light in you know into your life instead of just staying inside so that's one of the things that that the coalition is doing um, but the other thing is too is really just making sure that we get out there the resources people need so that they know that there is help um, the 1-800 number um, we put a lot on our facebook page um, of the coalition and we have that number on um, our website too because it's really important i mean you know those things are, are easy to do getting exercise um, sitting by a bright window, calling a friend when you're having seasonal affective disorder. But let's face it, a lot of us need more than just that. We need help um, to get through it. And that's what DWIN um, and our other local resources are for. So seasonal affective disorder, this is an actual disorder that is, you know, clinically diagnosed. It's not just, oh, I'm feeling down and blue and somebody, you know, comes in and says, buck up. It's an actual thing. And, you know, with a term. And, and that's the thing is, I think that, um, well, and, and 
and there's, you know, there's depression that goes along with it. So that that's why we make sure that it's so important that people know that there's resources out there to help them. And they're not sitting inside suffering alone and not feeling that they can't talk to anyone and not being embarrassed by it either. Thank you. Thank you for shedding light on that. And hopefully like some of us can go out there and get a little sunshine. I know with the snow and things, it can be hard, um, but just taking walks and, you know, stepping away from your desk. And I'll definitely add the link to the 1,000 1, outside hours there. And so let's have your uh, way in there, um, Tanitra, on the same question around, you know, just, just the compounded isolation and then the seasonal depression around the holidays and how DWIN is there to help. Yes, yes. Um, thank you, Mary Jo, because I did not realize that you all had that um, specific programming going on. So that's excellent. Um, yes, we will refer anyone that may have those signs and symptoms of seasonal, uh, you know, depression to call our 1-800 number, which is 1-800-241-4949. And they will um, participate in a brief screening. And then based on those responses, our uh, access team will refer them to the most appropriate provider to provide some, some help, some relief. Um, similar to what Mary Jo mentioned, um, they will have you know, an evaluation and depending on the signs and symptoms, um, you know, they will receive some direct treatment. But the best thing that, that DWIN is doing, if you look on our website as well, we are also promoting um, self-care tips. It is so important during this time to take care of yourself. We do a lot of training, like I mentioned earlier, and mental health first aid is one of the trainings and which we, we go into the community and, and we teach to law enforcement. We teach to just about um, the lay person in the community. You don't have to be a, a professional to learn more about how to take care of your mental health because it's impacted. Definitely COVID-19 has impacted our mental health even more so now that we are now at the end of the year. Seems like it just was six months ago, we were in March. And now we are, you know, at the end of the year. And so um, and there has been a lot of loss along with the seasonal depression. So individuals are also thinking about what occurred uh, most recently, you know, or even six months ago. So self-care, it's, it's so important. Doing some of the things that you love to do will help, you know, change your mood, change and improve your mental health. Um, just being mindful in the moment and, and what you can control is so important, which is one of, of the interventions that our providers or our uh clinicians are able to provide to teach people how to uh, meditate, how to exercise. Um, yoga is a great exercise during this time as people, you know, recognize that they may, you know, be in a, a, a depression, whether it's related to um, the seasonal or just what we've been going through the last six months. Thank you for shedding some light. And we actually got a question here from um, our viewers on Facebook and they wanted to know as far as some of these services provided by both organizations, um, you know, are there Zoom or Skype or phone call services that, you know, maybe folks can walk people through, you know, a little bit more about seasonal affective disorder or self-care and things of that sort? Yes, 
Yes. Um, again, if they call our 1-800-241-4949, that is our access number. Not only is that our access number, it is also our crisis hotline. So if any individual believes that they are um, in high acuity and, and they need and they believe that they need more uh, interventions or services, please do call. A clinician will, you know, uh, I guess evaluate, give the person a, a brief evaluation so that they can make the best referral um, for an appointment. But and that, was, that number was uh, uh, 1-800-241-4949? Correct. Okay. Correct. Right. I'm going to... And we do also, because of COVID, I just remembered, we do also have another hotline for Reach Us Detroit. If they believe that they don't want to do anything formal, like, you know, going into our um, quote unquote system, but they do want to talk to someone or text with someone, they can call this Reach Us Detroit line and give me a moment while Mary Jo is speaking and I'll get that number to you. But these are some tips that can be um, for anyone, anyone um, 13 ages and over um, can call both hotlines if they believe that they are in crisis. And yes, because specifically because of COVID, most of our providers, if not all, but most of our providers are providing services via um, phone or via through Zoom. That's awesome. And thank you so much. Okay, you know, it looks like we have Kara here. Thank you so much for joining us. I love that background. Um, and so, you know, thank you for, for fielding that question. And so the same is for, for you, Mary Jo, um, you know, are there any uh, services via, via Zoom to really accommodate our virtual lives now since we can't meet in person um, for, you know, just, just some of these services when people are looking to calm some of their you know, anxieties. Definitely. Well, the other night we had a program uh, through Detroit Wayne called QPR Suicide Prevention. Um, it was a webinar via Zoom. Um, we'll be doing more of them throughout the year. Detroit Wayne does at least, I think, two a month um, via Zoom. And it's, it's a good webinar for anybody. They call it uh, similar to CPR. It's QPR Question, Persuade, Refer. Um, for anybody to learn how to help someone who they think may be uh, suicidal. Um, we had uh, quite a few uh, people on it the other night, very group of people from parents to um, coaches to teachers um, who wanted to learn more about helping someone who um, may be depressed. And just how do you ask them, what do you ask them to find out if they may be suicidal and then what do you do um, from there? Um, so we'll be doing more of those programs through Detroit Wayne um, throughout the coming year. Also through CARE and the coalition, um, we do different programs on um, uh, dangers of underage drinking, uh, Zoom webinars on that, Zoom webinars on the dangers of um, nicotine and vaping um, with, with teens. Because what we've noticed and 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 we, we all know this, throughout the pandemic, people are um, using more alcohol. People are turning more to um, substances to help with some of their issues. So we are doing um, lots of different programmings throughout the month 
on um, dangers of drinking, dangers of marijuana smoking, um, and dangers of vaping. And we always have those on our Healthy Growth Point Facebook page and on our website. All right. All right. Thank you so much um, for, for those that information. That actually leads into another question that I do have, um, uh, you know, around fear and anxiety. So, um, you know, we have a lot of fear and anxiety around our own health and around the health of our loved ones and the fear of losing people, the financial situations we're all facing, the fear of job loss or loss of support services that you rely on. So we've we've been seeing these increasing numbers um, around, you know, just just substance and, you know, the metro Detroit area for substance abuse, um, domestic violence and suicide. So how uh, you know, I know, Mary, Mary Jo, you just shed some light on those. But how, what are some other ways that, you know, care and DWIN are there to to help, you know, just just really alleviate um, some some of the pressure that family members will then have when you're dealing with a, um, a family member who has substance abuse issues and or, you know, is feeling suicidal. I think that's a, a question for Kara since she's on now. <laughs> okay, and I, I do I do believe Kara does have to, um, she may be muted in just until about uh, 7.30. So uh, she may be here, but not here. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'll just have you ladies take the floor until she can join us, join us. Um, but yeah, I got, so, um, you know, are there any things that, you know, you wanna shed any light on that, um, Tanitra? Yes. Um... Like I mentioned earlier, DWIN has various uh, departments. And so Kara works directly with our substance use department. So I can just shed just a little bit of light on what um, those particular services are. Definitely, we have an range of uh, substance use providers directly and prevention providers. And so anyone, same thing, the 1-800-241-4949 number, is the access number for those particular services as well. All right, thank you, thank you. And then we'll, when she's able to join us, you know, we'll jump right back into that question. Um, but, you know, I do want to, you know, circle back to Mary Jo on, you know, just particularly like with services when it comes to domestic violence and then um, substance abuse. And, you know, I know, I wanna catch that date that you mentioned for um, the, you said it was a town hall that has to do with, you know, just kind of helping folks go get through things like this. Well, we can, um, if, if any group um, is interested in having um, what Tanitra was talking about, the um, mental health training um, or the QPR training, they can reach out to me or to DWIN and we would be happy to do um, a webinar when it's good for them. Um, it's, you know, one thing that um, the coalition works a lot with um, teenagers in the school and it's hard because the kids are not obviously in school. So in the past, we were able to go in the school, set up tables for what we had. We called them Mind Matters Days or Mental Health Days. Um, and we would have lots of information and resources for the teens about mental health. And obviously we can't get in the school to do that. Um, and so we're looking for ways, you know, to work with the students to get this out to them. So Harper Woods High School um, had an idea, we're going to start a wellness club um, with the teens. 
Um, we just put the flyer out a couple of weeks ago. We're hoping right after the first of the year um, that we can have a group of teams that we can meet with to help come up with some ideas to get these resources to them. Um, last year, we met with the group of teens at Harper Woods High School, and they came up with the idea of Mind Matters. Um, and they made these bracelets that say, uh, Mind Matters, I Matter. Um, and we handed these bracelets out at the Mental Health Day. And it was really successful. We had therapy dogs and tables with, um, you know, adult coloring pages with um, sayings on there that were uplifting. So we really want to continue doing this stuff with the teens, but just trying to figure out a way to get it to them. Right, right. And, and I think that can be, you know, I don't think people think about young people as having a lot of stress put on them because of these situations. You're, you're with each other all the time indoors, especially with quarantine. You're not having that outlet and that ability to go off and socialize with friends, blow off steam. And so, you know, this is this can be very trying, a very trying time for teenagers as well. And so I'm actually really glad that, you know, you're partnering with Harper Woods in such a way. And, you know, hopefully with you know, just vaccines um, that we can start to get back to normal. And I know it'll be a while before, you know, everyone has access to it. And I know, um, so that actually leads into another question that um, I wanted to pose to you guys about, you know, just what should we really be anticipating as far as vaccines and distributions, um, as far as, you know, just, just people's fears and their anxieties around getting access to the vaccine and when is this virus going away? And so, you know, just working within organizations like yours, how are you guys getting messages, you know, to the people about the reality of distribution? And we can start with um, Mary Jo. We, um, I was actually going to say this might be a better question for Tanitra, but as far as the coalition goes, our biggest thing is just making sure that we get the right information out there. So whatever information, we work closely with uh, the three hospitals here, Beaumont, Henry Ford, and Ascension. Um, in fact, I had um, uh, tonight at the same time on our Facebook page, we had information about Henry Ford's webinar on um, the vaccine um, and testing. Um, because I think people still have questions about when I get the vaccine, you know, what, what's happening then with the testing and the antibody testing. So as a coalition, we will continue to get all that information out there. So I encourage people to like our Facebook page, um, DWIN's Facebook page, and we'll get that out there. If um, the Harper Woods community or the school needs something separate, we can always have one of our doctors from one of our hospitals do a Zoom uh, meeting or whatever uh, the best way is for the doctors to get that information or the scientists to get that information to our community. We'd be happy to do that. I may have to take you up on that, having a, you know, just a info session on, you know, just distribution schedules and, you know, availabilities um, and the realities behind it. So I think um, we should, Ernestine, I think that's a great thing. And I'll look into doing that so we can do that right after the first of the year. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Um, and so Tanitra, um, same question around, you know, just vaccines and the reality so that people are actually prepared for what this is actually going to look like for 2021 and 2022. Yes, yes. Um, well, uh, I have not really had any conversations about the vaccines with my um, organization, with my director specifically, just because it's so new. Like, you know, within the last three weeks, you know, they are, um, well, have been identified some vaccines, I guess, from Pfizer and Moderna. But 
I agree with Mary Jo. I'm sure D. Wynn will continue to have as much information out for our consumers as well as our provider network that will keep all of Wayne County and throughout Detroit um, informed as well as safe so that people can make the best, you know, informed decisions for themselves. We definitely, definitely at this time, we practice all of the CDC guidelines. We um, relay that throughout our whole provider network. And so each and every one of those organizations are also practicing the CDC guidelines. And this is just my um, uh, personal uh, and professional opinion of what I know about the vaccine, even when it does become available and we really don't know when it really is gonna become available for just the uh, regular community, you still will have to practice the CDC guidelines, at least throughout this year and maybe the beginning of um, not only this year, but throughout 2021 and maybe the beginning of 2022, just because of the research and just because of the masses that will have to be uh, you know, vaccinated. So we just wanna make sure that everyone is informed um, and following the CDC guidelines as best as possible throughout this process. Thank you. Thank you both for shedding light on, you know, such a, such a kind of nebulous topic. Um, I do want to just jump right into another aspect of behavioral health. Um, you know, this year we've had a lot of strife and conversation around, you know, just uh, the community and policing and, you know, what community policing actually means and what it entails. And um, I was, uh, actually very pleasantly surprised to, to hear that uh, behavioral health specialists are going to be teaming up with Detroit police to respond to mental health issues in police calls. So um, I actually wanted to discuss what this actually looks like and if other cities can replicate this model. And is that for me? <laughs> Well, yeah, I know that um, Detroit Wayne Integrated Health actually had a big giant press conference with, oh, yeah. um, with Chief yeah. Craig. And, you know, this is something that I had no idea this was going to actually happen. I know there have been a lot of protesters who have been asking for um, having, you know, social workers or mental health experts to accompany police to calls that have to do with mental health um, to help de-escalate the situations. And, you know, to me, it kind of sounded like something that's very new agey. And I wondered if it actually could happen and it would be practical to actually, you know, make that a reality. And then to hear that that's something that, you know, now Detroit Wayne Integrated Health is actually working with the police on. Um, it, it's just like, wow, this is, this is truly um, surprising and exciting. Yes, yes. Um, this is one of the initiatives that uh, my director, Andrea Smith, oversees and, and I am and so delighted to be a part of this uh, initiative. Um, we do, and we've had um, some behavioral health organizations partner with, specifically, we're talking about the city of Detroit, but not in the mass is what probably was, what was described in the uh, news conference. And so, yes, we have um, at least three organizations that will be partnering specifically with DPD, Detroit Police Department, um, with their law enforcement um, 
partners or with their law enforcement staff that has also been trained specifically to manage mental health runs or mental health situations. So you have two things going on. You have law enforcement that is receiving this crisis intervention team training and they will partner with the behavioral health organization. So those individuals, when a call is related, that it has been identified that it is related to a mental health run, they will get those particular calls or runs at those precincts. Thank you. Thank you for shedding light on that. And I'm wondering if, um, you know, if there's any practical application to other cities adopting a similar model. When you say cities, are you talking about cities within Michigan or across the? Across Wayne County, you know, maybe replicating the same. Mm -hmm. well, well, definitely if other law enforcement agencies are interested in partnering with, you know, a behavioral health provider, they will, you know, seek out um, DWIN to do that. And more than likely it would probably be under the same department that this is under now. Um, and so it is a new charge, as you said, but it's definitely needed. We provide, like I said, mental health first aid training to law enforcement. And we've provided, I don't know, to thousands of law enforcement officers in various departments, such as the city of Inkster, such as the city of Dearborn, um, Plymouth, um, Northville Township, just to name a few. And they all have said that 60 to 80% of their runs within the last, at least the last couple of years that I've been involved with this initiative has been related to a behavioral health run. More people are in crisis, just, you know, maybe because of trauma that they've experienced and, and you know, have not been able to manage that or just nuances or situations that bring on mental health challenges. And so DWIN is working very closely with some other agencies. It may not be in the same manner as DPD, but we do have a crisis um, and the name escapes me right now, but it's through one of our providers. Well, it's a crisis um, team that do partner with some smaller agencies throughout the city of Wayne County. And so when they get those ones, they have a direct partner with uh, Hagera, who provides our crisis interventions. Like they go out into the community and they will provide on-site evaluations of what's going on if a law enforcement partner has called them and then they will quote unquote i guess take over the scene whereas law enforcement can you know move on to another scene that may you know really be a, a law enforcement call that's that's actually really great to hear and i'm glad that this is something that's happening because you know sometimes mental health does take a certain approach um, and, you know, that way you can be able to, to really have someone who is a specialist and, and there to help. And then, you know, police services can be allocated to where they're needed most. So um, I, I really think it's, it's great that there's a, a share of this load 
um, when it comes to, you know, just making sure that people are safe. Um, and I do want to circle back now that we have um, Kara here present um, to, to kind of just answer some of the questions around, um, you know, we, we were talking about um, suicide prevention and, and things that, you know, have to do with domestic violence and substance abuse and seeing the rise in those numbers. Um, especially with the, the virus, um, just, just making people feel a little bit more stir crazy, a little bit more clustered. And so uh, can you speak to some of the services that, um, you know, are provided by DWIN and, you know, a lot of people um, in the chat have kind of asked about, um, you know, what, what kind of services can people have face-to-face -face in our new virtual world? Well, thank you, um, Ernestine. And this is Kara Thomas, um, representing Substance Use Disorder Initiatives. And of course, uh, for me, I am, the, I am the prevention coordinator that is over uh, many of our programs across our region. Before I go to delve into your, to respond to your question on services, I do wanna add to what Tanitra stated on what our law enforcement are even doing through behavioral health services and through our mental health areas as well. Um, because we do provide them, uh, we have been for, for years in trying to have a connection and relationship with um, law enforcement and the policing departments across our 43 cities. We have been doing those uh, trainings that not only with uh, currently now is more so around the opioid epidemic and around addressing the the needs because medication is is of course an assisted thing to to mask a lot of uh, concerns that happening with our mental health and SUD communities. So we have been providing trainings and great relationships that we've had with Detroit police departments across and as, as well as out, out Wayne County uh, departments. So we try to make sure we have reached those uh, areas and build the relationships. So I, as the, the uh, question in response to the uh, policing, the relationships that we've had across uh, Detroit Wayne have this grown and they're always reaching out to us even to make sure that there um, these areas of gaps and services that cover a lot of the topics that they see or they're faced with that we have been trying to make sure that they're um, they are equipped with or trained in. So I do want to, want to add to that. Um, as far as additional services, as things transitioned, of course, these past eight and a half months, as you mentioned, um, our providers are so um, adaptable for us in Wayne County. It seemed that uh, we we immediately tried to make sure that there were a uh, plan in place for this virtual, uh, for some, some of those network of providers. They have really uh, uh, laid out the plan in having to adapt. No one that I know of in our region had to go through or, or go, go through any layoffs or anything of that nature. They just became um, um, helping those uh, as an arm. When you ask about the suicide prevention, I know you've talked probably a lot about that area because that's um, the more, more uh, what the coalition that is uh, a part of uh, through Tanitra and Andrea, her supervisor's office. But there have been um, each one of our coalitions, I think, across our region have reached out or been that arm available to that community that is um, helping, you know, various uh, individual needs virtually as, a, 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 as well as community-based. 
So they became very creative in doing their programs as far as being on the call or being available as call, calling to reach out to them, uh, to their participants, because the great thing that they had in place was um, having that relationship with either their program or participants. So they were able to reach them through there and try to keep them engaged. Of course, there have been definitely challenges around um, the domestic violence, just behind the scenes of things that have grown with uh, the various topics that we I have been trying to, um, to put, wrap our arms around, to allow them to be able to talk freely um, with us if they can, you know, in many of the homes because the youth are are in or their families could be in a domestic situation, we have um, offered our 800 numbers, our safe places that, that we still have in our treatment facilities that they can go to as well. So we've been, um, you know, at times even available as our 24-hour access line has been stated that we would try to have these services available. I mentioned those faith talks, the, I've mentioned various talks, but specifically, even with our faith-based leaders, we've had to um, have them to be that uh, the hub or the locations for people to trust and go to, to uh, address those um, concerns because that's who they have more of the trust in. Even with um, what we had a conversation earlier tonight about the uh, schools and the mental health. And if a teacher who has talking or seeing these students on the virtual um, screen are not, um, are not social workers, but are having to become that in the, even in the virtual uh, screen and seeing behind the scenes that this person that they're living with, that the youth are living with, or these different individuals have a lot of other challenges that we want to address. And so I, I would love to provide you with a list of course, of places to go to, but we do have resources. And depending on the area that that person is in, we will try to connect them with uh, organization in that area as well. Thank you. And I'll be sure to, to like add the links to those um, facilities and you know the, those partnerships so that people know that, that help is available. And that actually leads me into another question. And then we're gonna jump into our uh, seg segue into our last question. Um, you know, first responders have actually been going through a lot during these times and, you know, especially having the conversation around, you know, um, having a behavioral health specialist to team up with Detroit police. Um, you know, what kind of services are actually being provided and, you know, are you guys actually seeing that there are a lot of nurses and police and, you know, folks who are coming to you to seek these, these mental health services to, to help, help them with coping at this time? And Kara, if you want- I'll, I'll attack that as well, of course. I was thinking about all of the mindfulness, um, the mindfulness workshops or the virtual trainings. We have been trying to make sure, even with, I don't know if this has already been stated or not, forgive me, but there is my strength, our, our apps that we have, making sure that persons who, who are part of our regional area and even through the state that we have services that are helping um, those that have reached out to us, our numbers, um, of course, with um, when you mentioned the nurses or the police, I'm, I'm sure because of the number of increases in alcohol have um, been since this time that they 
that we, and I'm not going to say they, that we have all been um, partaking in because of this shelter in place. Our, our sales are off the, are off just on a, a rise of things that um, have become uh, ways for people to go to. So substance is, is rising um, in that way. But we offer, of course, those who have reached out to us, no matter through our families programs, through our individual programs. Um, we've even had programs that are still working with hospitals. And I believe, hopefully, Mary Jo may have mentioned that earlier in that we still try to make sure we connect uh, any service for those who are working, those essential workers, to make sure that they have these resources that we share um, to provide the screenings and help them to do those uh, referrals uh, appropriately to, to get the help that's needed. And I'll digress for a moment if everyone else wants to add to that. I want to um, add something just part of our uh, training with the law enforcement officers we, we have um, talked about self-care. Um, if, you know, someone does reach out to us, of course, it's, it's, it's confidential, so um, I'm not able to share that information, but definitely we talk a lot about self-care and we do offer um, individuals to download the MyStrength app, as well as calling our We Just Detroit number. And I would like to share that at the end. Um, I do have a uh, slide with all of the information that I've shared is, is on it, just so that people can have it. Sure, sure. I'll go ahead and you know uh, make that make that an option for you. Okay, thank you. I was just going to add, you know, teachers. I Tara touched on it, um, how difficult this has been for teachers, and um, we have been working with the principal of Harperwood School. And um, this month we had Detroit Wayne. Um, go in and talk to the staff about the resources that are available so that they can offer these resources to the kids because they're seeing them, they're seeing what's going on and they know um, what, what help these kids or that these kids need help. Um, we're going to be doing this on a monthly basis um, with Harper Woods High School, just giving them different resources for the staff there that's really going through. I mean, it's tough on these teachers, um, what they're doing day in and day out. Next month, we're having a doctor from Beaumont going in and talking about self-care for the teachers. Um, so just different things like that that the coalition in Detroit Wayne can do um, to help these people that are working so many more overtime hours and doing, um, doing jobs that are, are very, very difficult. Thank you. Thank you all for shedding so much light on, you know, just these issues and, and showing us where the help can be found. And so sorry if there's background noise. My nephew is kind of noisy. So um, and my, for my last question, I really wanted to uh, delve into um, just just changes in the organizations. I know that CARE in particular has provided a myriad of uh, programs for youth, parents, prevention, and employee prevention, uh, um, employee assistance, and, and then for help for returning citizens. And so I kind of wanted to ask, you know, what was life like before the pandemic and how often were people utilizing the services? And then now, you know, what will the future be like and what, how has the mission of being community well-being oriented changed? Um, so I'll leave that with you, Mary Jo, and then I'll ask the same question of Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network. Sure. 
Well, before COVID, all of our interactions and webinars were face-to-face. Um, and then when COVID happened, we totally switched to Zooming. And in the beginning, we had quite a few people coming because it was new. It was an easy way to get the information. Um, and, and for a while there, I thought, you know, this, this could be something we could do for you know, a long time because you're not driving somewhere. It's easy to do right from your home. But now we're seeing people are really getting Zoom fatigue. They're getting tired of it. So we're really trying to figure out different ways to get this information to them um, because the information is really needed. The things that we talked about before, dangers of underage drinking, um, the Narcan training that we do, the QPR um, program that we do. So really just trying to figure out how to get this information to them. After the first of the year, we're going to do a survey to find out when do parents want these these webinars. We've been doing it at seven o'clock. Is that not a good time to do it? Is it better to do it at nine o'clock after the kids are in bed or at six o'clock while you're doing dinner? So we know that parents need this information. So we just need to figure out the best way to get it to them. Thank you for your insight and, you know, just just kind of uh, letting us know that, you know, you'll always be here. And the same question, um, I think, Kara, we can kick it off with you and then close it out with um, uh, Tanitra on what did Detroit Wayne Integrated Health Network look like before COVID and how have you guys, you know, maybe, you know, completely changed and what do you see the mission doing um, for for our post-COVID lives? Well, I stated a little earlier on um, some of those changes um, with our virtual moving into the virtual world, but we um, are, are a wraparound. So, and we are a community, so we like to touch. And so, you know, that was very um, hard, I think, for a lot to um, even learn these systems. Um, just thinking on on just from the various ages that we, we do uh, work with, um, not just in in our organization, but who we are serving is the challenge of where, how we were able to, to get to them. Uh, a lot of our programs have even started doing door to door, meeting up at those um, faith-based organizations that had to do the food giveaways or the COVID testings that have been happening. Um, there was a way to connect out when it was warmer, of course, to be able to still do some more things out and outside and still be able to engage. But, but as um, through our programs, I was, I was asked or tasked to ask our providers, what is it that is your emergency plan? What is the plan that you have put in place? Because they are, you know, they, they are funded agencies to do these programs and you have to have an if then in place. A lot of their agencies uh, had some things in place and preparation or were technologically savvy to move into those things. And because they also had um, youth led um, uh, support or youth working with them to even engage with those who need, who needed the help, um, ask what was that. And I think that has been a part of what our department has adapted to seeing what is it that you went from three days in the school classroom or you went from having your coalition meetings to now boots on the ground is really literally um, virtual boots, but virtual um, door to door. If you were able to do that or allowed in your, in your space to safely go out to do one-on-one um, um, -on to, to do it outside of, in, in a sense. 
And then I, I did um, want to just briefly share, as I said earlier, our faith leaders are really um, the ones that, that I felt we, we were very successful in going to. We did host a Wellness Beyond the Walls conference this year, virtually for two days. And I think from that, we had a, a plethora of topics to talk about what you have been asking us on. And behind the closed doors, what happens with those um, since places of faith have had to see their audiences transition or go into different um, or not even attend. Um, so what has that felt like from them having hundreds of people maybe in their congregations to having 50 on their uh, screens? So that has been uh, one thing we've been doing weekly is having prayer calls and that is helping from one of the people who work in hospitals has been doing our leads, um, Dr. Portia Locken, and I always like to give her a plug, um, is that she provides leadership on giving us a five minutes of uplifting. She's a chaplain in DMC, and you're talking about somebody who has to be that hands-on person that's been in seeing people who couldn't have their loved ones with their loved ones in the hospitals with them too. So we've got so many things that we we've had to adapt to, but we still are trying to find ways to also maintain as uh, we stated earlier with mindfulness and self-care because we um, as staff also need to, to remember to do that too, to take care of ourselves while we're trying to help others. Right, right. And that is, that is very hard to you know, stay on top of it when you're trying to take care of everybody else and then take care of yourself. And you know, it, then you have like a, extraordinary circumstances that are playing out for the rest of the world as well. So um, thank you so much for, for, you know, really being able to give us perspective on, you know, just, just the mission of, you know, the organization and how we can all cope with COVID. And uh, Tanitra, your, your closing thoughts on, you know, just uh, the, the, the changing mission and then life before and after. Okay, well, thank you. I think we got a, we got the crux of you know what you were saying, and you know, thank you so much for shedding the light that you you do, and thank you so much for all three of you ladies working so tirelessly to you know make sure that people are provided for, make sure that there is support, that there's help, that there's a network, and you know that all of Wayne County can benefit from services that you know are really going to help us be able to cope and thrive, and you know during during such you know. Um, uh, strange circumstances that have, you know, brought us into something that, you know, we, we hadn't had to deal with in a hundred years. So um, thank you so much, ladies, for um, being a part of Quick to Politic today. And thank you so much for your time and for your insight. I'll be sure to link in all of the information that was mentioned um, in today's episode. Um, you know, as far as the links and the information that was provided. So, um, and how can people find you guys individually? Um, are there, if there are emails, um, I can, you know, if you could drop them into the chat, I'll share them um, via the web and that way people can reach out to you. But can once I again, thank you. Can I share my screen? I wanted to do oh, that. Oh, absolutely. And you're crystal clear now. Yes, she um, is. It sounded like a little bit of an exorcism that was going on there or something, um, you know, but, <laughs> and, and, but we could kind of hear you. So this is much better. Okay. But no. definitely, 
big changes that we're doing things much smaller that it's virtual if we do have the opportunity to be you know uh with individuals it will be on a much smaller scale okay so now you have the ability to share your screen as well okay so let me see if i while she's doing that, Ernestine, I, I definitely want to make sure we get you the, the 1-800 number so we get that out. Um, because, you know, people people need to remember that it, we're, we're all going through something, you know, that they really, if they need help, that there's resources out there. CARE has resources for people who are going through substance use issues. Um, they, they, they pair them with a recovery coach. Detroit WIN has all kinds of, of information, mental health and substance use disorder. So, um, hopefully we can really get those 1-800 numbers out there. Yes, yes. And so I'm also going to share this on my website and I'll share this in the networks as well. Um, drop it into the chat here. Um, so thank you guys so much for joining me. And um, I, I hope you have a wonderful happy holiday if I don't see you all. And we are now...